I'm Marty. And I'm Marissa. We released our debut album this holiday season, and we would love to share it with all of you. There are so many holiday classics. Some new bops for all of your party needs. We invited some of our friends from Broadway to sing with us. There's a little something for everyone on this record. If you're looking for something new, fun, and heartfelt, look up Marty and Marissa, the award-winning holiday album on Candy Cane Records. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and all streaming services. Happy Holidays! You ready? Clap. One. Yeah. Two. Three. Okay, we're a little. It's fine. <laughs> on my side, we were together. You were you were delayed on my side. <sighs> Gross. Chelsea burped. That gets deleted. Take a sip. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals welcome wine is a devil on time whatever i know i I realized like we haven't done our our like drinking game in a while oh my chin is bleeding what the fuck oh my goodness sorry (laughs) like i had a gluten allergy situation pop up on my face and now i'm like recovering from it (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. I've had like little pimples on my chin all throughout mask wearing season. Yeah. These are all like right here. When I get, when I eat gluten, fun fact, when I eat like cake, it's really, I think cake is what does it. Uh, I get this right here, right under my chin swells up. So it looks like I have like the beginning of a double chin and it feels like a swollen lymph node, Ugh. but it doesn't hurt. Thanks. But it just gets really swollen and, and, like, irritated. Yeah, I've seen that before on you. Yeah. Well, guess what else is swollen and irritated? 42nd Street? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really? No, actually, the lead character's ankle, she breaks it in the show. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know the show at all. I didn't either. Like, I do, but I don't. But I do, but I don't. I've seen it at the Miller Outdoor Theater. Um, but I know the music by heart. I, yeah. I had never seen the show until Miller Outdoor, but I know this music because my cousin Dante was in it. It was her first um, Broadway musical in New York. It was her yeah, first it was Broadway, her da- Broadway debut. Yeah. She was, yeah, 42nd Street Revival. Yep. She was in the Revival. Was it 1998 Revival or something? I think so. I don't I'll have to look. I don't the more off the top of my head. The most recent revival. It was, She's so cool. She is cool. I got to watch her on the Tony Awards. 2001. Is that what it was? 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got to watch her on the Tony Awards. She was in a Ricky Martin music video on MTV. <laughs> um, uh, she's just like, I've always super looked up to Dante and like her performance career. She just has the coolest stories, coolest shit. But I will say, Jessica, my sister and I, we learned the entire score we learned the entire 
show, 42nd Street, and then she came to town, Dante came to town for Thanksgiving in 2001, 2002, and we're like, we start busting out singing, and she's like, oh, stop. stop. We did that when she was in Joseph, too. <laughs> hey, Chels. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Moscow Mule. Oh, the same one from last week? Yeah, the I had some of that... Um, What's it called? That moonshine leftover. So I dumped it in with some ginger beer and some lime. This is also, I guess, I is a Moscow Mule usually moonshine or is it vodka or what? I don't know the it's base vodka. of it. It's vodka usually. So this it's like Russian. A, okay, okay. That makes sense. You're, you're I, having the most southern version <laughs> of a Moscow Mule right now. It's good. And this shit's really strong. Hey, Emily. Hey, hey Chels. What are you drinking? I am drinking Free and Clear, which is a gluten-free beer from Arlington, Texas. Is it free? It's clear. It's actually neither of those things. <laughs> it, I co- it costs money, and it's brown. It looks like brown beer. Yeah. It looks like It's actually very good, though. If you're looking for it's not even like my friend who is super into alcohol, when they tried it, they're like, you know, for a beer, this is a good beer, and the fact that it's gluten-free is just kind of like, the An extra, extra. Bonus. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chels. What are you whining about? That I have to whine first. Ha 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 ha. I didn't think about it. Um, I'm whining that I have to turn my heater on. <gasps> Why is that, yeah. Emily? Because it is November and has hit a brisk 59 degrees Yay! here in Houston. And that will be the high for the next couple days. Mm. You know what it is? You know what it is, Emily? What? It's sweater weather. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's sweater weather, if you are listening and you can't understand That's what I said. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. It sounds like like when people say, like, I want some water. Sweater weather. It sounds like they're saying waddle. I want some water. It's sweater weather. Whataburger. When I moved to Texas, everyone said, I want waterburger. I thought they were saying water burger. Honestly, I, I've lived in Texas my whole life, and I had I never had Whataburger until later because everybody called it Water Burger, and I was like, gross. Gross. Sounds gross. And that's like such like a New Jersey way of saying water, but it's Whataburger. Whataburger. What, Whataburger. What, yeah, it's Waterburger. It's Waterburger. Yeah, I want a yeah. Waterburger? Yeah, that's what it is. <sighs> hey, Chels. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? My wine, Emily, is that I have decorated for Le Christmas. And oh. it, is, it is only a few days after Thanksgiving, and I am decorated. I know um, I'm sitting right now in the upstairs bedroom. Surrounded by boxes. Surrounded by boxes of my roommates, because she has a bazillion Christmas boxes, and I have three. I cut down, actually, on my Christmas shit last year. I threw out a bunch of crap. Bunch of crap. Oh. Yeah, I know. I donated a bunch of it, so which is weird for me because I don't do that. But I got ruthless last year, and I donated a bunch of stuff. But my Christmas tree's That's up, so nice. and um, even though I had a migraine that night that I decorated, it looked lovely and beautiful. The tree looked lovely and beautiful. You finally caught up with me. My, I did. My decoration's been up for over a month now. <laughs> hey, it's Corona. Actually, it's been up for a month. It's been up for a month. No, It was November like 2nd. It went up. Yeah. No rules. No rules in 2020. Exactly. Just like in 42nd Street, there's no rules. <laughs> there's no rules in 42nd Street. I'm like, where are we going with <laughs> no this? No rules. Well, you know how how um, that little girl that knows how to dance who lives in, in Pennsylvania just got off the bus and landed a role as the star of the show? I mean, those kind of rules. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no rules. There are no rules. There's no rules like 42nd Street rules. Yeah. Ain't no rules like 42nd Street rules. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about today. have to elaborate on that story. Yeah. I will. As a matter of fact, I will. Perfect. Because that did not show up in my research. But um, sadder wine did show up in my research. (laughs) You want to tell us all about that background? Yes, I would love to. 42nd Street, not 41st. Not 43rd. Not 43rd. Nope. And not Avenue. Nope. It is a street. La Calle, if you will. <laughs> the book is by Michael Stewart and Mark Bramble. A little Eminem action over there. Yeah. And lyrics are by Al Dubin and Johnny Mercer. I didn't recognize Johnny Mercer's name. He's, a, he's in the Great American Songbook. He's one of those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And music is by Harry Warren. 42nd Street is based off of the 1932 novel by Bradford Ropes. And it's actually an out-of-print book now. I was looking to find it, and I couldn't find it. But I know it's about something about alcohol in the Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. Shocking. And it had a 1933 film adaptation. It's so the musical, black and white. Ooh, black and white? Mm-hmm. Those cover up acne. <laughs> But the musical itself was based off of both of those. And it is a jukebox musical, kind of. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. A jukebox musical is a stage musical or a musical film in which the majority of the music are well-known popular music songs rather than the original music. And many jukebox musicals confine themselves to songs performed by maybe one singer or band or songs written by one songwriter. So... People like, or like shows like Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical. Mm-hmm. Marvelous Wonderettes is jukebox. Uh, but then you have things like uh, Rock of Ages, which is a whole bunch of, it's one genre as mm-hmm. opposed to one band. And this is really just the popular music of the day uh, mm-hmm. when, when they were writing. Exactly. The yeah. songs that are included in the musical are found also in Gold Diggers of 1933 Gold Diggers of 1935 um, and of 1937. Mm-hmm. I guess Gold Diggers is are like now 74 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's Roman Scandals, Dames, Go Into Your Dance, and The Singing Marine. That one's my favorite. <laughs> the the singing, singing Marine. Marine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on, I need to look more into that show. I do believe that is my sister, y'all. She's a Marine. She's a Singing Marine? Uh, she's a Singing Marine. She does sing. She draws. She sketches. She dances. And she's really, really buff. Jessica, you're like the coolest person ever. She's Dante has some ever. competition. <laughs> they they added a song uh, to the original Broadway release called "There's a Sunny Side of Every Situation," which was written for "Hard to Get" by Warren and Mercer, which kind of hit a little different opening night, but I will get to that. Mm-hmm. And then they added in 2017 um, into the 2017 revival Boulevard of Broken Dreams on the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I don't think that's actually the song. I actually don't know that one. It was written though for Moulin Rouge by Dubin and Warren. Oh. Yeah, so the, all the writers are still working together, but they're all kind of intermixing. Because remember Mercer did lyrics and Dubin did lyrics, but Warren did the music. Well, like in the 30s, they, they were going to, they wrote for Moulin Rouge, the one that came out in the that's 90s? What it's, that's what it said. I or think it arranged? was added for Moulin Rouge, and it was a song, and a, like an older song. Okay, okay, gotcha. 
The producer, David Merrick, it was said that he, uh, quote, I'm going to quote this, took a huge gamble with his $3 million production based on the 1933 Warren Brothers film musical because only one other show had made the transfer from original movie musical to the stage, and it was Gigi, which flopped in 1974. Gigi also had a revival, though. It was revived with Vanessa Hudgens. She was the lead role. Gigi is just, it's kind of a creepy musical. We'll have to cover it sometimes, but it's, it, there's like a whole song that a man, a grown man says, thank heaven for little girls. So no wonder, Ah. no wonder Gigi flopped. Like it's a sweet little musical, but it's also really creepy. I know nothing of it other than Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical was in it. (laughs) I'll I'll introduce you to Gigi. It's, it's a very creepy little musical. Gigi. Gigi. Yeah. 42nd Street did premiere um, on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater, August 25th, 1980. Crazy, because last week we were having a revival at Mm -hmm. Winter Garden Theater. Mm -hmm. Merrick hired Gower Champion as the director and choreographer because he had an instinctual, uh, or he had an instinct for show-stopping numbers that made him the ideal choice for 42nd Street. So Gower Champion was also the director and choreographer of shows like Bye Bye Birdie, Carnival, Hello Dolly, Mac and Maybell, and a whole long list of things. But it was said that 42nd Street was kind of his like crowning glory. Oh, and you'll see like there's not a lot of songs in this show, but that's because they're like 10 minutes long because of the dance breaks in the middle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Every number. Is a showstopper. Every number is a showstopper. On 42nd Street? On 42nd Street. You got it. So she the original, gets it. I get it. The original Broadway performance, it, um, in June 1980, the musical premiered out of town at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts at Washington, D.C. As one of my, as my voice teacher said, she goes, yeah, everyone performs at the Kennedy Center. It's not that big a deal. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> twitch, twitch, twitch. Um, the musical opened on Broadway August 25th, 1980 at the Winter Garden Theater and then moved to the Majestic Theater and then finally like, closed at the St. James Theater, which is where Frozen was, closing on January 8th, 1989 after 3,486 performances and six previews. Damn. <laughs> it was like, and six previews. The production was directed by Gower Champion. It was produced by David Merrick and fe- featured orchestrations by Philip J. Lang. Lang without the E. Mm-hmm. We're not related. The original cast included Jerry Orbach yes. as Julian Marsh, Tammy Grimes as Dorothy, Dorothy Brock, Wanda Rick- Richard, Wanda mm-hmm. Richard as Peggy Sawyer, and Lee Roy Reams as Billy Lawler. Here's a little tea for you. Karen Prunzik, who originated the role of Anytime Annie, briefly mm-hmm. played the role of Peggy when Wanda became ill and her understudy abruptly quit the show. Whoa. That actually a very similar situation happened, not quite that dramatic, but happened actually in the West End. But I'll get to that story in just a second. The show's designers included Robin Wagner, who did sets, uh, Theone V. Aldridge, who did costumes, and her costumes are actually on rotating display at the Wick Theater and Costume, at Wick Theater and Costume Museum in Boca Raton, Florida, at Roca Raton. (laughs) I wrote that out. I was like, oh yeah, that one time I couldn't speak. And Theron Musser who designed lights. Uh, this was actually the same team who designed the original Broadway production of a chorus line. That makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I always, I think these shows are very similar. 
whenever I think of a chorus line, like 42nd Street isn't far no. off. I don't know either of them at all. But in you my know head, a they're like, line? yeah, I just like they're very similar shows in my brain. As far as you have, it's a show with he- heavy dancing in it. Yes, That's probably but why. As far as the plot, as far no. as the plot, absolutely not. Yeah, I haven't seen Chorus Line. I didn't learn much about Chorus Line until more recently. We're gonna because everyone to did Chorus, Chorus line. line at the same time. We should we should do a Chorus Line revival. They, I mean, it's been revived a million times. I think it's on our list. I have to look. It's on my I think notebook. It is too. I think it is too. The original Broadway production is the 15th longest running show on in Broadway history as of July 28th, 2019. There might have been something that surpassed it in the last year. Maybe not. It's 2020. It's 2020. <laughs> uh, both Harry Warren and Al Dubin uh, were acclaimed film composers in the 1930s, and so they used a lot of their songs for the show. And opening night, uh, there was a star-studded uh audience people are really excited for this show because they're like wow we love the movie we love the book let's see what they're going to do with it but the event did not have a happy ending unfortunately champion gower champion actually died the morning of opening night in august 1980 oh my god and the only people who knew that he had passed that morning was bramble who is the book writer and merrick the producer and they actually announced his death after the opening performance ended. So the star-studded audience and community were just agosh. And like there were, like people were screaming and crying in the audience. Yeah. So he died of Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia. It's a, it's a rare form of blood cancer is what killed him. And he died that morning at 10 a.m. And yeah, no, no one knew. Until after, so literally they finished their performance That's and then terrible. they told, they told everyone. They finished uh, so the whole show or they finished the opening number? The whole show. The okay. whole show. They finished I thought you the, said the opening, opening number. No, no, no. Opening night. Okay. Opening night. Opening okay. night. The opening okay. performance of the gotcha. entire show. Yeah. Because I, when I was reading, I was like, when did they tell everyone? Because they kept saying, oh yeah, they announced it opening night, opening night. But like, when? Yeah. But this was kind of the show that like launched and or quote unquote launched and ended his career. It was his swan song. Um, so just it was sad. It was sad. Shortly after they opened on Broadway, a West End performance came up. I only have a little bit of information on West End. Um, the West End opened at the Theater Royal Drury Lane at Theater Ro- Royal Drury Lane. I saw a lot of shows at Royal Drury Lane, including Lord of the Rings, the musical. And Oliver. Oh. So I'm like, it's a cute little theater. It kind of reminds me of um, August Wilson or uh, St. Luton, I think is what our front, the one where Finding Neverland was. But it opened on the West End August 8th, 1984. And this is actually the performance that launched Catherine Zeta-Jones' career. So earlier I talked about how um, Karen, I think was her name, went on. Yeah, Karen Prunzik went on because of the lead and the understudy being gone. Uh-huh. Well, as it turns out, Catherine Zeta-Jones was just a chorus member, but she filled in one night for Peggy oh, because yeah. the lead and the understudy were both sick or and or on vacation. And so she ended up 
performing. Her performance was so good, she ended up taking over the role permanently a little bit afterwards. Oh, my God. And the show closed January 7th, 1989, after almost five years. Okay, I knew that's how Catherine Zeta-Jones got her start, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know that's how she got it. I I knew 42nd Street was the show. Yeah. That's amazing. Because the main character, Peggy, gets her start because she's taking over because there's no understudy for the lead character. It's just crazy. Oh, this is the show where they're like, oh, there's no understudy. You need to learn the show in an hour. Yeah. Or she has like a full day. So because T. Boyick did that with Mean Girls, too. Mm -hmm. And then one of our friends, I don't know if you know Maddie. She did that up at um, in Lubbock because she she had to take over the role of Joe one night. Oh, geez. And so she learned Little Women in an afternoon. It's it's doable. It's do it's doable. Anyways, Broadway revival. This came up in 2001. What, what? So Bramble, he actually ended up revising the book and it was, and he ended up directing the Broadway revival with choreography by Randy Skinner, who was the dance assistant for the original production with Gower. It opened after 31 uh, previews on May 2nd, 2001 at Foxwoods Theater, formerly known as the Ford Center of Performing Arts, and it ran for 1,524 performances. The cast included Michael Kumpstey as Julian, Christine Ebersole as Dorothy, and Kate Levering as Peggy, and David Elder as Billy. Love me some Christine Ebersole. She, she is was a- on SNL, too. No. Yeah. She was on SNL. I looked it up. What? She was on for one season. Oh. Yeah, so it's just funny because Molly from Music Man was Molly also Shannon. on SNL yeah. for six six seasons. Yeah, Christine was just for one season. Hmm. So the Western Revival also happened. It was slightly, it was a slightly revised version of the 2001 Broadway Revival that was also slightly revised, and it began on the West End with previews on March 20th, 2017. So 16 years later, they're like, oh, I guess we'll do it in the West End again. And it premiered, the premiere, uh, or the revival premiered at uh, the Theater Royal Drury Lane, which is where the original one was. And the official opening was April 4th, 2017. And Mark Bramble once again directed it with Randy Skinner as the choreographer. Which brings us into the awards, and we're almost done with background. (laughs) The Tony Awards in 1981, so the year that it opened, the original performance, it won Best Musical and also won Best Choreography, which was Gower Champion, who unfortunately had passed at this point. He was also nominated for Best Director of a Musical. So it was nominated for Best Book, Best Performance by a Featured Actor, Best Featured uh, Performance by an Actress, um, or Best Performance by a Featured Actress, Best Direction, Best Costume Design, and Best Lighting. But those were just the nominations. The 2001 Tony Awards, it won for Best Revival of a Musical, and then won for Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical, which was Christine Ebersole. So she was on one full season of SNL, but she was also in the 93 uh, production of Gypsy with Bette. And Mm -hmm. she was not unknown to revivals she was elvira in the 2009 revival of blythe spirit and she also i this was crazy because i love this musical she was edie in gray gardens in the dual role a big edie, oh. edie and little edie but it was I've nominated it. i've never seen it 
Well, we'll have to cover it because, <laughs> uh, but it was nominated for best performance of a featured actress. Uh, two nominations for that: best direction, best choreography, best scenic design, best costume design, and best lighting were its nominations. And that's what I've got for you. I left yes. some. I went through the archives. I was. I went. Wow. I went. I dug. There well, you was know, a rabbit hole. You know, Emily, your biography of or your bio of this Forty Second Street musical is much thorough. Much very thorough, uh, probably yes. longer than the actual synopsis of the show itself. Show itself, good. I'm not gonna lie. Growing up as a latchkey kid in a small town in Maine, I always assumed I was safe. After all, unless it makes national news, murder isn't something people talk about around here. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Murder, She Told is a true crime podcast featuring crime stories, unsolved murders of missing persons, and baffling cold cases from my home state of Maine, New England, and small towns across America. These are the crime stories your hometown doesn't want to talk about. The mysteries buried deep in the newspaper archives of local American history. These are the homicides you've probably never heard of before. Through detailed storytelling and connections with family, friends, and investigators closest to the case, Murder, She Told will hit home for any true crime fan, whether you're from Maine or from away. Visit MurderSheTold.com to suggest your hometown crime story. And subscribe now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Kristen Seavey, and this is Murder, She Told. I don't have much written for the synopsis because it's a very simple plot, very simple plot. But what's what's fun about this show is the the cute little lyrics and then the fun ass dance numbers. And I can't dance the dance number for you and I can't explain what's happening in the dance numbers. So this is going to be short and sweet. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. We start off act one of 42nd Street. We start off in New York City in 1933 with dance director Andy Lee, who is at the theater auditioning kids for the chorus, not kids, but auditioning young adults for the chorus <laughs> of a new show called Pretty Lady, much like Funny Girl or Funny <laughs> Woman. <laughs> Pretty Lady. Like you call them kids, like we call all of our, all of these college Kids, they are kids. kids. They are like kids. These kids. Yeah. yeah, these kids. They're, they're, these they're days. new. They don't know what's going on. They're mm -hmm. not veterans like the rest of us. But these kids are super knowledgeable. They actually come up and, and show Peggy the way of the world in a oh. little bit. But this all happens in the song Audition. Jobs! We're going to work again! Get out your tap shoes, Francis! Julie Marsh is doing a show! First audition, 10 a.m. tomorrow! fun toe tapping number the show's writer bert writers bert and maggie 
are pleased with what they see on stage in the auditions, but they warn the dancers that at $4.40 per seat, the audience will demand some spectacular dancing. So don't suck. <laughs> I was like, that's how much I spent for a ground seat at, at seat at the Globe. It's standing seat. Dude. I spend $25 like every dinner I have. $4.40, that's nothing. So young hopeful Peggy Sawyer, fresh off the bus from Allentown, Pennsylvania, and that comes back later, just misses the audition by literal seconds. She misses the audition, but Billy, who is the show's romantic lead, helps her see the producer in the song Young and Healthy. Bundle of humanity, she's about so high. I'm nearly driven to insanity. When she passes by, I'll tell her this. I'm young and healthy, and you've got charms. It would really be a sin not to have you in my arms. So, she missed so it by song. minutes, yeah. by seconds, by minutes, by seconds, seconds by seconds, by seconds. And, and they like, were like, "No, we're done." I mean, if you're early and on time, if you're on time, you're late. If you don't get your name on the on the audition sheet in time, then fuck off. You're super late. You super late. You are not invited. So go this, be young and healthy somewhere else. Go be young and healthy elsewhere. Yeah, it, <laughs> within this song, he's like trying to charm her, and he hopes to charm her young, naive, hopeful self into a date later. Rare, Ah, I know. So let's be bold. In a year or two or three, maybe we will be two. When Peggy walks in to go audition, Billy tries to get her an audition. Um, she is told, quote unquote, Amsgray, toots. I just love how they talked <laughs> in the 1930s. I just love That's it. It's pig Latin for scram. Oh, <laughs> Amsgray. You know what? I've heard Amsgray several times in my life. I've never thought of it as pig Latin. Holy shit. You're right. It's pig Latin for scram. Yeah. Would you want to be called toots, though? No, I would I would have punched somebody in the face at that rate. Kill me. Amscray, toots. I hate that. But I love it. It's so 1930s of you. So embarrassed, Peggy rushes off only to run into the show producer, Julian Marsh. And that's who Jerry Ooh. Orbach played. We all know Jerry Orbach, right? He's the I... dad in Dirty Dancing. No, you I, don't know him. I, I know his name because we talk about him a lot, and it's just hard for me to no, place we don't, him in my brain. No, we don't talk about him a lot. We did at the top of this show. Like, a year ago, we talked about him a lot. He kept popping up. He he has popped up a lot. Okay, so he was in a story. I think he was in one of the stories that Mikey told where he was up for the same award as someone else. Who as was, he was also the, the guy from South Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was Jerry Orbach. So Jerry he Orbach. He has his own theater now too. The Jerry Orbach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hold on. I'm going to look him up just so you know. He's a, he's more known as a TV actor these days. I mean, I'll still forget, but. He's dead now, but he's he died a few years ago. He was just, he's a lovely character. He's the dad who put baby in a corner in Dirty <gasps> Dancing. Dick. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've seen Dirty Dancing, I mean, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, he was on Law and Order between 1990 and 2010. So he he 
was like yes, the guy. Because Jen was guy. talking about him too. Yes. She's like, I, yes. love, I love him. Oh my goodness. He's, he's gorgeous. And Our, he played this Julian Marsh character who's larger than life producer. This like, get out of my way, kid. Blah, blah, blah. You're late to the audition. Blah. That kind of character. Just me. a curmudgeon. He's like a, <laughs> a big curmudgeon. So Julian Marsh has no patience for latecomers and Peggy rushes off stage after he's like, get the flip off stage. Am Scray. Am Scray, toots. And she's embarrassed. She runs off. She bumps into Julian and then runs even faster off stage when she realizes who he is. Julian tells Bert and Maggie that he's worried about some of the cast, especially Dorothy Brock, who our lovely Christine Ebersol played. Um, he's worried about Dorothy Brock playing the leading lady because Dorothy Brock... Her last hit was 10 years ago. She's a little past oh. her prime. She's a little past her prime. She's an oh. older lady. She's like the chaperone in Drowsy Chaperone. Oh. She's like a little past her prime, and then you've got the Sutton Foster character, you know. So the, Peggy Sawyer is Sutton Foster. Dorothy Brock is is Drowsy Chaperone, if we're doing a comparison here. <laughs> They're age-shaming so her already. They are age-shaming her. <laughs> uh but Dorothy has a little a little sugar daddy in her pocket named Abner Dillon, who is backing <laughs> the show. So that's why she's getting this role. She's not meant to be this huge star. She's an old star who's kind of lost a little bit of her singing chops. She's not bad, but she's not great. You know, she's just she's got star power, but she's a little past her prime. She can't really do the big dance numbers as much. So. Anyway, Julian is is really worried about her being in the show because they need it to sell and they they need it to be a big show. And so he asks her to come to the theater and audition. This makes her so mad. She's like, I don't audition for roles anymore. (laughs) Screw you. And as as he's, you know, inviting her to sing this song, The Shadow Waltz, they're just kind of reminding... um, Julian that Dorothy doesn't have to try out for anyone Abner saying this but he's he's kind of like he's like well I still want to hear her and despite his feeling she's a prima donna pastor prime he agrees to cast her in order to get the financial backing and so how they get her to finally sing for him is she sings the shadow waltz song which is terrible. I hate the song. I skip past it every time because she's not <laughs> supposed to be good. She's not supposed to be great. Oh um, no! But the the pianist at the at, or Bert, I guess the one of the writers is like, oh, we just want to check and make sure that the songs are in your key. This is an on, an audition. We just make sure it's the right key. In Shadow Waltz. Shadows on the wall. I can see them fall here and there. The shadows let me come and sing to you when I come and sing to you. So realizing now that she's forgotten her purse at the theater, because in all the frenzy of running into people over and over again, Peggy Sawyer has dropped her purse oh yeah it's the first thing i drop in new york city is my purse i would too uh so maggie the writer takes pity on peggy and invites her to lunch with three of the other girls from the chorus anytime annie phyllis and lorraine 
and the five women dance off stage to go have lunch together. And as they settle into the gypsy tea kettle, the girls are astonished by Peggy's naivety. Naivety? Naivete. 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 There's so many ways to say this there's word. So, there's so many, like, uh, uh, <laughs> what are those called? Ornaments on those letters. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of accents on there. Anyway, they amusingly explain the Broadway facts of life and dance back to the theater in the song, Go Into Your Dance. I wish I were in the show with you. You will be, kid. If not this show, the next one. You've got all you need to cheer you up right there at the end of your ankles. If you've a melancholy case of the blues, if you've been singing a sad and blue song, go into your dance. This is the first show-stopping number besides the audition in the beginning. Go into your dance. So they're basically saying if life sucks, just start dancing. And that's kind of the theme of this of this musical. <laughs> oh, life sucks. Just dance. Have we been dancing? That's what TikTok is so popular. That's Everyone why TikTok like, is so popular. Twenty twenty six. We're just gonna dance about it. Yep. If it's a two step, give them a smile. If it's a new step, put it on TikTok a while. I think I just rewrote it. <laughs> so that's that's the twenty seventeen revised version, right? <laughs> that, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the original, the OG Chelsea. The OG version. <laughs> The number evolves into an audition for Peggy. Peggy starts to show off a routine for them because she's like, yeah, life does suck. I'm going to dance it out and I'm going to be okay. So Peggy starts to get excited about what the girls are teaching her about, you know, Broadway life and what it's like to live in New York and when everything sucks, just go into your dance. And she starts showing off this routine that she knows which evolves into an audition for Peggy when Julian is walking by and he sees her dancing. He's like, hey, you're pretty good. Why don't you come be in this show that I'm doing? And she's like, I just tried. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. So he just, hires her on the spot. <laughs> I wish this was like the normal New York story. And what's crazy is right? like this does happen with people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like Ben Schwartz fucking was in line to go see uh, Jay Leto or something. And they were like, oh, here's, they're like, do you have a, you seem snazzy. Do you have a resume? He's like, I sure do. And then he ended up being a freelance writer. Like this doesn't happen. (laughs) And then he was John Ralphio. (sighs) Fucking hate it. What's wrong with us? I love it. I love it. And I hate it. And I love it. And I hate it. And I want it to be me so badly, but that's not anybody right now. It's like, those are the people who get picked by like in the Broadway show, they get picked. They're like, you, you seem fun. Come up on stage with us where the rest of us are like, no, pick me. I want to go. I know it better. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of making it in New York. And I've talked to, you've talked to a lot of people. We've both talked to a lot of New York actors. Fucking luck, man. It's luck. It's a lot of luck. It's who you know. It's who. It's being in the right place at the right time. It's like being prepared enough for when you're in the right place in the right time. Because if you're not prepared when you are in the right place in the right time, then you fuck yourself yeah. over. You never get that chance what is again. That, what's that saying? Luck is when opportunity meets, meets preparation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prepare now, kiddos. Kids. So anyway, Peggy has just impressed the shit out of what's-his-face, Julian, the producer of the show, (laughs) on the street, just tap-dancing in her shoes on the street. So 
Yeah, Skip let me just ahead. change into my Laducas real fast. And yeah, right. Dance oh, in the middle of the subway. Wanna, no, don't do that to your Laducas. Oh, they're so expansive. Don't do okay. that. So skip ahead to rehearsals for the show. So we're in rehearsal. Dorothy, Brock, and Billy, the love interest, uh, they begin rehearsing their big love scene. Ooh. Ooh. But if you'll I remember. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But if you'll remember, Dorothy has a sugar daddy named Abner who is funding oh. the show. He's funding the entire show. So what he says goes, which I understand completely because <laughs> of reasons that I'll talk about offline. So Abner objects to their kissing and insist, insists that they shake hands instead on stage. In the song, <laughs> you're getting to be a habit with me. I don't know exactly how it started, but it started in fun. I just wanted someone to be gay with, to play with someone. Every kiss, every hug seems to act just like a drug. You're getting to be a habit with me. Ooh, this is sexy. <laughs> it is. This is actually, this is such a cute song. It's it's nothing to do with love. It's just, I've gotten used to you. You're getting to be a habit with me. I feel very attacked right now, Chelsea, especially that face and the Why eyebrows. Why would you feel attacked? I'm drunk. Don't feel attacked. I'm just He's making faces me. at you. So <laughs> this song Faces, is a, not choices. Faces, not choices. Exactly. Can't break it. You're getting to be a habit with me. This song is just adorable. It actually really is cute. And that's that's what, you know, a long lasting relationship ends up being is is love and and comfort, honestly. So but they're supposed to kiss at the end. And instead you hear this like (laughs) awkward pause. And then they like they shake hands at the end of the song (laughs) because Abner doesn't want them to to kiss on stage. So Peggy actually elbows. Yeah, bump at bump elbows. Coronavirus. So Peggy, this this young, you know, young girl off the bus, Allentown, got the job on the street dancing. Peggy is weak because she's not used to these hour-long rehearsals where she's full out dancing with all these people on stage, no air conditioning, blah, blah, blah. So she passes out. It's been a very <laughs> exciting day for her in her first rehearsal, and she faints on stage. She's carried to Dorothy's dressing room. Who does that? Don't carry Peggy to Dorothy's dressing room. Uh, I mean, if that's the only, like, like isolated place. I feel like Maybe. Dorothy's one of those people who's like, oh, there's there's a closet that only one person can fit in. Um, it's going to be mine. If one it's person mine. gets their own room, it's my room. No, Dorothy would absolutely insist on having the largest room ever for her dressing room. For just her. For just her. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's a diva. She's that diva. <laughs> Yeah, she's the you. So <laughs> anyway, Peggy is carried. Um, she's passed out. She's carried into Dorothy's dressing room to, you know, be laid on the chaise lounge. Ooh. And the who is in Dorothy's dressing room? Why, it's none other than Pat Denning, who we haven't talked about yet. Pat is Dorothy's actual boyfriend. Wait. Like, oh. Dorothy, Dorothy, who has Abner as the sugar daddy, also has a boyfriend. So okay, Pat, okay. 
who she actually loves, Dorothy loves. Pat Denning oh. is in Dorothy's room, her dressing room, when they bring in Peggy Sawyer, little weak Peggy, and lay her down on the, the chaise lounge. So Pat is trying to take care of Peggy. He's like, oh my gosh, what happened to her? And like tries to, to wipe the sweat off her face and is a real sweet guy. And as Peggy's waking up and as Pat's down there touching her face, Dorothy walks in and sees her boyfriend Pat canoodling with Peggy <gasps> in her dressing room. And she thinks that Pat is screwing around. He's screwing around. God so, damn it. I know. So he's not. He's just trying to help Peggy, who's passed out. Uh, just so trying she, to be a nice guy. <laughs> he's just trying to be a nice guy. But she thinks Pat's two-timing her. So she goes to put an end, or she starts yelling and screaming at Pat. He's yelling back at her. Peggy's like, I don't know what's happening. And then Julian, the producer, overhears the argument happening, and he's afraid. He knows that, that Dorothy has a boyfriend, but he also knows that Abner is funding everything, and Abner's a very jealous kind of sugar daddy. So he tries to end the relationship. Uh, he walks into the dressing room and decides to put an end to their affair. <gasps> so, a phone call to an unsavory acquaintance, the mob, brings Pat <laughs> a visit from a couple of thugs who convince him to break it off with her, basically. They're like, break it off or we'll break you off. Oh, my God. I know. The, the show's cast then departs to Arch Street Theater in Philadelphia for the, uh, the out-of-town tryouts and for where they're going to open the show in the song, Getting Out of Town. Julian, I just got a call from Atlantic City. They canceled our booking, but everything's all right. We picked up a week at the Art Street Theater in Philadelphia. But all our shows open in Atlantic City. Maybe Philly will change your luck. I'm leaving the cat a note. Quick, call me a ferry boat getting out of town. Getting out of town. Getting Not the same town. getting out of town. This is another fun, really fun dance number, but it's also Pat is getting out of town, trying to get away from these mobsters mm-hmm. as, you know, the company is moving to Philadelphia. Getting out of town. It's a really fun little little piece. I was doing so, filling out the forms from title of the show. Sorry. Filling out the forms. No, it totally getting does out of town. <laughs> right? Getting out of town. Getting out of They're all excited that they're they're moving theaters. They get there, even though they don't have their set yet. They're like super excited, you know. So dress rehearsals start, even though costumes and sets haven't arrived. Uh, and rehearsals, dress rehearsals begin for Pretty Lady in the song Dames slash Keep Young and Beautiful. song i hate both of these songs I feel because like it's a botox situation it's super toxic so 
this is one of those Will Roger Folly-esque songs where all of the women in the beautiful sequins and, and headdresses and little tiny skimpy costumes are walking down the stairs slowly, you know? Uh-huh. They're like doing the bit, these beautiful the women with feathers. long legs and the feathers and the, the dancing like that in the slow fashion. It's like that. It's a Will Rogers Follies musical, essentially. And this guy is singing about dames and how they're so beautiful and keep young and beautiful and <laughs> if you want to be loved or something like that oh my god that might be billy flynn i don't remember anyway but yeah he's <laughs> something along those lines same 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 image. time period same, same image. time period essentially <laughs> yeah it's he's basically saying keep young and beautiful if you want to get a man if you want to be loved in the song it's ridiculous but that's <sighs> actually the musical um Pretty Lady. This is like the music from the musical Pretty Lady, which is the kind of song you would see in that time period. Okay, okay, okay. <gasps> Super awkward. What's cute about a little cutie? It's her beauty, not brains. After rehearsal, Peggy asks if Julian is going to join an impromptu cast party, which is being hosted by Dorothy. He is Ooh. absolutely captivated by her charm. And Julian decides to go, hoping to... He kind of thinks that Peggy invited him. She maybe did, maybe she didn't. She's just... She's this young, fresh-faced 17-year-old, She's like, hey, you gonna go? Yeah. We'll see hey, you there. Bro. See you hey, there. Bro. We're, gonna, we're gonna be friends. So, but of course, Jerry Orbach... Men. Men. Julian... Uh, Julian Marsh kind of sees it in a different way. He's like, oh, she likes me. Cool. Ooh, I like her too. She's charming. Um, so he kind of starts to see her in that light, but I don't think she's there. This is she's where... just like, hey, Fran, we're going to go have fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Dorothy, who misses Pat, her, you know, her boyfriend who she actually loved, drinks a little bit too much at the cast party and tells Abner basically to screw himself. She tells Abner to take his money and leave. <laughs> take your money and leave. And Abner gets mad, of course. And he's ready to close the show in retaliation to that. But all the kids in the chorus talk him out of it. And Pretty Lady opens spectacularly with the song, We're in the money. We're in the money. Well, what is it? A penny? A nickel? Will you hold your horses and let me get the dirt off? <gasps> A dime. We're in the money. We're in the money. We I love how the kids talk to him, him into it, like, or to stay in, talk him out of, like, pulling the money. The kids, the the, the, kids. the college kids or whoever, All the fresh little, faces. Little 17, 18-year-old babies. In I mean, New they York. are keeping young and beautiful. They sure are. So right? and they made the money. With they do. The money. Well, they want to wow. make the money. So, yeah. When Dorothy rushes on stage for Act 1 finale, she accidentally is knocked down by Peggy. So Peggy's pushed, <gasps> Peggy gets pushed by someone else, and it she gets pushed into Dorothy, and it knocks Dorothy down, and 
Oh, no. She can't get back up. Dorothy can't get back up uh, for this Act 1 finale. Julian, furious, fires Peggy and cancels the rest of the performance. Walks on stage. He's like, I'm so sorry, folks. We've had an accident. We'll, we'll, we'll have to cancel the rest of the show tonight. We'll, we'll let you know about tomorrow. What? Essentially. And then that's the end of Act 1. That's why Broadway has stand standbys because the staircases, mm -hmm. the amount of people I know who are standbys mm -hmm. who have gone on halfway through the show because somebody fell down the staircase is yep. I, I can, I can name like four people. Yep. There's, there's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot. Oh yeah. So that's, that's, that's act one. It's, it's a lot of fun music. We're in the money is like a, it's a, an awesome song. It's a really fun dance number. You'll have to play play some more of that music too. Yeah. Send us out, Joe. <laughs> Send us out. Sound us out, Joe, into act two. That's kind of, oh my gosh, it's crazy. I'm sitting here, I'm like, because I've been seeing all the, on TikTok, everyone like running up and down the stairs of Broadway. Like what's really like being backstage? Like what Jessica was saying. Yeah. It's the fucking staircases. It's the staircases, yeah. <laughs> There's so many. She pushed me, Sawyer! Damn it, Sawyer, what were you doing out of line? I wasn't out of line! She pushed me! I want her fired! You little fool. Take your things and get out of here. No one steps out of line in a marsh show. You're fired! <laughs> I'm just going to start talking, Chelsea. Oh my god, Emily. Do you know what I love? Coffee. I fucking love coffee. Even though when I texted you earlier, I was like, do you want coffee? You're like, no. I only well, like good coffee. Look, I don't know what good coffee is until I try it. Okay. Well, you know I tried I yeah. coffee over cardio. Uh, this female-owned company offers high-quality coffees and creamers with no sugar added. It is gluten-free and keto-friendly. And you can get ground coffee, hydration supplements, and creamers. And again, with no sugar added. Right now, I'm actually drinking Workflow. It is their highly caffeinated coffee. It yeah, it is good. It is very good. I've been drinking it all afternoon. Well, you wondered why I was so hype earlier. It's because I've been drinking workflow, highly caffeinated coffee. So that's why you're in such a bouncy good mood right now. Yes. Okay. It's this coffee. Okay. It smells it great. It does smell though. good. It smells really good. Yes. But you too can get Coffee Over Cardio at coffeeovercardio.com and use promo code 10 dolls. Yes, it does sound like a brothel. <laughs> 10 dolls. That's one zero D O L L S. 10 dolls, just like a brothel, it will save you 10% off. It's so funny. But yes, you can use promo code 10 dolls to get 10% off your first, oh, at all your orders at coffeeovercardio.com. Cheers. Act two opens Act with two. a doctor telling Julian that Dorothy's ankle is broken. Literally. <gasps> Her ankle is broken. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. Everybody's talking. Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. Everybody <laughs> is talking about how Dorothy's ankle is broken. Julian says he will close Pretty Lady for good. Oh. That's, you just put all this money into a show, sir. Excuse yeah. you? <laughs> Excuse you? 
especially the three million dollar production that uh, Merrick just put into it right. in real life. Yeah, in real life, you can't stop the show. That how meta would that be? I know, right? <laughs> no, I think we're gonna stop the show. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Um, thanks. So the cast actually will not give up. They're sitting around talking to each other in the song "Sunny Side to Every Situation." Sing tra la 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 la. The sun may never ever shine, but tra la 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 la. Somewhere the weather's fine. There's a funny side to every situation. Oh, I love this song. It's um, they're they're all sad and depressed. Okay, they're sitting around, they're really sad, and at the end of the song, they come up with an idea to fix the show. But some of my favorite lines in this is, and I wrote, I wrote in my notes, I love this song. <laughs> so they start off with, sing tra-la-la-la-la-la-la, the sun may never ever shine. You know, like, just kind of being, <laughs> kind of being cute. Um, but tra-la-la-la-la-la-la-la, somewhere the weather's fine. So my favorite line, though, is with no bonds and no stocks in your little safe deposit box. You can never be of in- affected by inflation. <laughs> Should the landlord raise your rent from your nose and pitch a tent, there's a, every situation has a sunny side. So oh my they're gosh. like taking all these terrible things. I feel like we just relate to this in 2020. Like, Every situation has a sunny side somewhere, right? Like, we've been trapped. We've been trapped, so we have all the fun new ideas. We have ideas. all this time to do all this new stuff with yeah. wines and dolls. I've been able to do a lot of, like, learn editing and figure out how to do that, music videos and stuff. It's been, you know, a lot of bad shit happened this year, but a lot of good shit came out of it, too. Every situation has a sunny I keep thinking of like always look on the bright side yeah. of life. It's, it's that. <laughs> it is that. It is that. And at all the all end all. of at the end of the song, all the kids are like, "Wait a minute, Peggy's a good dancer." None of them are willing to step up and learn the role, <laughs> but they're all like, "Wait, Peggy's a good dancer. She just got fired. Let's go get her a job back." So they all oh. think Peggy can learn the role for some reason. I don't know why they think Peggy is such a great dancer beyond anybody else there she's brand new to town she passed out on her first day but somehow they think peggy can save the show (laughs) she has she has the chip on her shoulder now she does she does yeah so nobody else steps up they they just say peggy can do it and so they talk julian into going back to find peggy and bring her back to the show to learn the part of dorothy's part and to reopen the show um so julian finally agrees and Peggy's already left for the train station in Philadelphia, so Julian rushes to her, and she's like, I belong in Allentown, and he, I love this part, <laughs> Allentown, Allentown, I'm offering you the chance of a lifetime, and she says, Allentown, it's just <laughs> such a great line. Kind of sounds uh, dirty. I know, right? Like, who's Allen? Who's Allen? Why are you going to his town? He's also, he tells her, like, think of this, think of this, and then think of musical comedy. And this is, this is like music <laughs> underscore under here. It's like, like in, uh, in the producers. 
Think That's of so musical cool. comedy. The th- the most glorious words in the English language. As musical he goes, comedy. as he goes into this next song, he's apologizing to Peggy and asks her to stay and be the star of the show. Uh. And he's dumbfounded that she wants to leave, and he tries to coax her with, come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway. Miss Sawyer, I'm here to apologize for what happened and to ask you to come back. I'm sorry, Mr. Marsh. Show business isn't for me. I'm going back to Allentown. Allentown? Now listen, Sawyer, and listen good. Think of Broadway, damn it. Come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway. The hip hooray and ballyhoo, the lullaby of Broadway. And the cast joins in on the song to serenade her, and she eventually decides towards the end of the song, I'll do it! And everybody (laughs) goes, yay! Yay! And then they go, come on along and listen to it. It's a big kick line. So it's just a great number. It's just such a good number. The lullaby of Can I ask a question really fast? Yeah. So at the beginning of the show, we were like Billy, the love interest. What? Yeah. So he was a love interest of the show for Pretty Lady, not the actual, not for 42nd Street. Yes and yes. Oh, okay. So is he going to make an appearance? He's coming back. Yeah, he's, he's, he's coming back. He's coming back. He makes, he makes an appearance again. Not a huge appearance, but yeah, he comes back. Because I'm feeling like Julian and Peggy are like, there's a little something, something that's going to happen out of a misunderstanding, but... Maybe. Maybe. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, he's actually Billy is the the love interest in Pretty Lady and in Forty Second Street, sort of. Sort there's of. A, there's a flirtation happening there. Like waiting for him to show him like, but where's Billy? Let me just remind you, Peggy Sawyer's like seventeen. Oh, gross. Seventeen or eighteen. She's, she's a, a kid. She's a little baby. So forced to learn the part in two days. Oh, that's a long time. I know, right? I could learn oh, that in two days. Come yeah, on. I'm like, wait Come a on. second. I thought Come it was on. like two hours. Okay, two no, days. No, no, no. She had, she had uh, 36 hours, I think. 36 hours to learn the part. Peggy's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Because remember, she's 17. She's a baby. She's okay, okay, maybe okay. never done a full show like this before. Peggy's on the verge of a nervous breakdown when she has an unexpected visit from Dorothy, who's like a total, total <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and Dorothy... <laughs> Dorothy is just, she hates Peggy. She thinks Peggy slept with her boyfriend or she was canoodling with in her like boyfriend. In like the two seconds that, that she and, was in the dressing room with him. Yeah. And now Peggy, after knocking Dorothy down, breaking her ankle, is taking her part. So Dorothy is understandably a little mad at Peggy. And she's been, Dorothy says she's been watching the rehearsals and realizes that beneath her nervous exterior, Peggy is actually pretty good she doesn't say that to peggy but she realizes that peggy's good so backhanded compliment backhanded compliment (laughs) right and she she thinks that peggy could even probably be better than her so she even offers a little friendly advice advice on how to perform the last song about a quarter to nine which love love this song life begins when somebody's eyes look into 
So it's like, a great about duet. quarter to nine, I feel, I'm feeling bad. Nope. No. And this is I'm actually... making up the song on the spot. You're not far from it, but this actually would be a, a really fun duet for us to do. So it's Ooh. it's a song about about a love, about love. But she's trying to teach her this song and how to better sing it. You know, she's trying to be the the mentor for Peggy. Oh, okay. But not really. She's like trying to make her nervous too. But it's uh, his loving arms, his loving arms are gonna tenderly twine, are gonna, gonna tenderly, tenderly twine, twine around me about around a It's such a good song. Anyway, I'll I'll teach it to you later. Love it. It's time for the curtain to rise. And that's opening night for Peggy Sawyer. In the song, they, they keep having different opening numbers. I thought Where in the Money was opening number. I thought the but. other one before was an opening. <laughs> Man, they have so many opening numbers for this show. The song, Shuffle Off to Buffalo, is the next song, the next opening number here. Now that we have had the rice and flowers, the knot is tied. You'll go home and get your panties, I'll go home and get my scanties, and away we'll go. Off we're gonna shuffle, shuffle off the buffalo. Wait, wait, wait. So I think they reference it in, non- in nonsense because they're like, we'll shuffle off the buffalo. With the time step. Okay, sorry. Is that like. It's, I mean, the song is a little dirty, actually. It's uh, a couple on their honeymoon, and they're Ooh. they're getting on a train. They're getting on a slow train, and uh, or a ship. I don't. I think it's a train. So but, slow boat to China. Yeah, that's a, slow, that's a lesser song, I think. Oh God, I love I want to take you on a slow boat to China. Yeah, Seth Cunningham sang that song. Oh, I love Seth. Anyway, so Shuffle Off to Buffalo is just a fun little song that's within Pretty Lady, but it's like two characters that just got married. They're on this train. They're like finding their sleeper car. You'll go <laughs> home and get your panties. I'll go home and get my scanties and away we'll go. Ooh, off we're gonna shuffle, shuffle off to Buffalo. Prize to shuffle off to Buffalo, where this this jaded woman is singing. Um, you'll probably get you're probably gonna get a divorce. Essentially, is what <gasps> she's singing about. She's I mean, like fifty percent chance. There's like 50-50 chance y'all are probably gonna get divorced. She's like, you should have two trousseaus, one for for getting wed, of course, and the second trousseau you sew, you can wear for your divorce. Oh it's so. So bad. Anyway. Of course, in my brain, like shuffle, meaning like the tap step. That's yes, where I'm that like, is the, the shuffle, the buffalo shuffle. So yeah. it's a tap number. 
It is a tap number, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, it's another everything. word for like, we're going to Buffalo. Like, we're shuffling to Buffalo yes, on the train. Yes, yes, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. It's a so, double entendre. Yes, it is. And everything in this is a tap number. Every single song in this in this is a tap number. Oh, I love it. There's nothing but tap in this show. Oh, I love tapping. It's a big tap show, okay? Nothing well, and but they're tapping tap. in a different way. Oh. <laughs> so the curtain's rising, apparently. And is that Julian. Gross. I'm done. Julian who at this point is completely in love with Peggy. I don't know when that happened, but he thinks he's in love with Peggy now and stops by, he stops by her for a last minute lip lock and pep talk in which he utters the now <laughs> iconic line, you're gonna go out there a youngster, but you've got to come back a star. A lip locking pep talk? Yep. That's how they did it in the 30s. <laughs> They're gonna do the pep talk while they're lip locking. That's that's how we, that's how they would do it. Now that's, we pop lock and pep tops. Now we pop lock and pep talk. Don't kiss. <laughs> no, don't kiss your producer, please. Gross. Uh, Especially if you're 17 and he's 50 something. Ah, gross. Well, if it's, if it's so, true love. So the show is a huge success. She's been flirting with Billy this whole time. The show's a success, sure to catapult her into stardom in the big song, the big show-stopping number, 42nd Street. In the heart of little old New York, you'll find a thoroughfare. Come and meet those dancing feet. On the avenue, I'm taking you to 42nd Street. So, in addition, this is like a huge 10-minute number, tons of tap, all over the place. Everybody rises out of the floor, freaking stairs everywhere. It's just this big-ass number. Is it so, like a mirror to No, that's, that's chorus line. That's, that's chorus, chorus line. line. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. It's the same, we need, same we need team. To watch. We need to same watch team. Chorus Line. I know, and I have, I sent line. you the link on Broadway HD for 42nd Street Revival. Like, I've sworn. Because it raises and, like, their feet are, like, they raise the curtain and their That's feet just are the tapping. Curtain. Yeah, you see their, their feet tapping with the curtain rising. It's a really cool set, and it's, I, I love how they do it. Oh, it's just so good. Party, party. Even though Peggy is invited to and expected to be in attendance at the official opening night party, she decides to go to the chorus party instead, the unofficial chorus party, uh, where her, her little boyfriend is. But Julian is left alone on stage, sad that Peggy didn't Aww. come to the official party because he wanted oh, to be pooped. with Peggy. And... He's left alone on stage with only a single ghost light casting his huge shadow on the back wall. He quietly begins singing, Come and meet those dancing feet on the avenue I'm taking you to. 42nd Street Hear the beat of dancing feet. Naughty. Naughty. 
Street. That's the avenue I'm taking you to. And that's the end. We go into 42nd Street reprise. And that's the end of the show. Kenzie? Whoops. What? I think we're in the wrong podcast, Kate. What? How do you know? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's not our audience. Well, I mean, they could be if they went over and listened to us on the I Can't Stop Thinking About podcast. You mean the podcast about all the things we can't stop thinking about, like Dragon Age, Steven Spielberg, Avatar The Last Airbender, and much, much more? I mean, I wouldn't have said it like it was an infomercial, but yeah, that one. It is available on all platforms, after all. That is very convenient. Well, we should uh, probably get back to our own show, shouldn't we? Probably. It was nice to meet you all anyway. Yeah, cheers. You know, we would have been there already if you just asked for directions like I told you to. Oh my god, what are you, my mom? Huh. It's a short little show, I know. Yeah. Wait, what happened to Billy? He just kind of fucks off. He fucks off. (laughs) And what happened to Dorothy? She just kind of fucks off. So they both become famous. They both become these huge stars, and their their chemistry on stage is great together. She goes off to be with him at the cast party with the chorus, with the rest of the chorus people. So she's, you know, or one can assume she's going to. I want to say that Julian uh, is standing there, and Peggy says, thanks for the help, and then gives him a little kiss on the cheek and runs off. After they lip-locked from their pep talk. Well, he lip-locked with her earlier, and then the show happened, and she was just like, ah, doing the show. And all that adrenaline rush, and then it's like super success. She's going to the party. Thanks, Julian, for all your help. Bye. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so Peggy Sawyer becomes a huge hit, and Billy becomes a big star, and the show, Pretty Lady, is a big success. The end. (sighs) I'm exhausted. I am too. That was an yeah. exhausting show. <laughs> it's you know, it's a short show, but it or it's not a short show. It's actually a very long show. The sets are beautiful. You get to see backstage in a theater. You get to see um, a little bit of what it's like to be on stage, and people are fascinated with that. So the costumes are gorgeous. They're all showgirl costumes and big pieces. It's just cool, cool show. A lot lots of, of follies tap. situations, it sounds lots like. Of, lots of follies stuff. Lots of tap. Like, if you can't tap, don't even audition for this. Don't do it at your school if you don't have tappers. Don't do it anywhere if you don't have tappers. I mean <laughs> I mean, it. I'm I like, mean I'm, it. A, I'm a tap dancer, but I would never get cast as the tap dancers at my school for some weird reason. I mean, I don't tap. I mean, I, I was learning to before the pandemic, and now I, I don't tap anymore. Don't it's ask fun. me. And that's it. Dance. That's 42nd Street. Not 41st, not 45th, not 63rd. Nope. And not an avenue, even though it's he's taking you to an avenue. It just happens On the to be avenue a I'm taking you to, yeah. Well, maybe he's walking down the avenue to get to the street. Maybe. Because they are perpendicular to each other. Well, there are, <laughs> you know, wherever you are, there are definitely sexy ladies from the 80s who are indiscreet. They're side by side and glorified. Oh my God. Where this the is underworld, quality content. Where the underworld can meet the elite, 42nd Street. So, 42nd Street back in the day was not a beautiful place. Um, 42nd Street was a slum. It was oh. like 
that's, yeah, 42nd Street used to be um, where you would go to see, like, you know, strip shows. It wasn't oh, until really, it wasn't really until the that. 80s that um, I think Rudy Giuliani, the mayor in New York <laughs> yeah. at the time, he, um, he cleaned up 42nd Street. Yeah, so it was like this big slum of a place for a good long while. Maybe not in the 30s, but definitely like, definitely later in the 80s. So uh, it was like what downtown Houston used to be. Just like XXX bars. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's more like what you would see, I guess, in New Orleans in some places, but I guess it's legal there. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) but yeah, it it was just kind of a, it was a dirty place for a while. 42nd Street was not a very prestigious place to be, but before that it was. And now after that, it's a great place to be. So anyway. You know who are prestigious? Is it our patrons? It's our patrons. (laughs) What a great sagu. I know. We're not going to compare them to 42nd Street. No. The slums. (laughs) We would like to thank our patrons, Brandon, Sydney, Noah, Allison, Victoria, Mama Hardy, Mama Keen, Mama Lang, and Andy. Thank you hey, for your thanks, support. Guys. If you would like to join the patrons and even get maybe a dedicated episode to you, you can join them at www.patreon.com slash wines and dolls. You can also find that link on our on our uh, website, winesanddolls.com where you can also find our links to our social media, our merchandise. You can submit a story. We had a listener so come out on Monday. If you would like to submit your own story, you can either email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or submit it through our link on our website. Again, that's winesanddolls.com. And with that... I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been... Wines... And dolls. dolls. Yay, come to your wine hall. Music on this episode can be found on 42nd Street, 2001 Broadway Revival Cast. And though I could not find the album on Spotify, I did put a link in show notes to the direct 2001 album, as well as links to the original Broadway cast and the 2017 West End cast of 42nd Street.